Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello, James here, and you're listening to the IAB UK podcast. My guest this week is Paul Sylvester, content director across the Absolute Radio Network. And what a time to be talking to him as Absolute celebrates its 15th birthday. Unsurprisingly, then, we meander down memory lane and get all nostalgic about 15 years of Absolute. We get into what's changed along the way and at what point Absolute became more than just a radio station and the big multifaceted brand we know it as today. We talk about enduring commercial partners, the importance of talent, and I tragically get Dave Berry mixed up with Matt Berry. Yeah. I start by asking Paul to transport himself back to 2008 and describe what those heady early launch days were really like. I think what was interesting was Absolute launched in the week of the financial crash of 2008. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So it was a tough time. And obviously everyone knew the legacy of Virgin Radio. Yeah. Everyone was aware, you know, everyone has the same words that they always say. And it's, you know, Chris Evans, <laughs> yeah. Richard Branson, all of those things. Because Warden Golden Square is such an iconic, yeah. you know, radio home in the UK. And I think, look, we the global financial crash impacted the marketing budgets, impacted the revenues mm. in those early days, which meant that all of the grand plans for showcasing this new brand had to be tempered yeah. rightly. Yeah. And, and so what happened was, you know, we lost a load of listeners from what was Virgin to Absolute. Mm. And I think, you know, we, we ended up at one point at about 1.6 million listeners. Today we stand at 5.4 million listeners. And I think that tells you the journey yeah. that we've been on. But some of the big things that have helped us to get there are things like launching the decade stations and the relevance and the importance of absolute to the UK's DAB strategy and the mm. growth of DAB radio. I think that absolute can take so much credit for playing an integral role in DAB growth and the whole concept of brand spin-offs in radio. Yeah. I think, you know, the talent that we've worked with bringing in people like Frank Skinner to be part of the radio station yeah. in the days when we had Ronnie Wood or now where we've got Tim Burgess of the Charlatans, the credibility and the authenticity of the right personalities for the audience. Yeah. And I think as well what Absolute's done which I think I'm proudest of, one of the things we've become known for is actually being human and being real. We're yeah. not glossy. We are not the showbiz radio <laughs> brand yeah, yeah. because that's not what our audience wants. Yeah. Our audience want mates and hanging out and it is real, it is gritty. But then we've had conversations about mental health or period poverty and never shied away from having real conversations having a laugh, but also we don't play 10 songs in a row and only let our presenter speak three times an hour. Yeah, That's not the format of, mm. of, of what Absolute is. And yeah. I think we've stuck true to many of the, the principles that we launched with, but also, like everyone else, evolved so much as the world's changed around us. And I don't think you think necessarily about how much the world has changed in the last 15 years. Obviously, you know, COVID in the middle of it demonstrated a unique change. Mm. But but generally, I think people don't think much has happened. But I remember we did an interview back in, I think it was about 2009, 2010, 
with this guy who was the opposition leader. He was a guy called David Cameron. You may David remember David Cameron. He yeah, was about yeah. 14 Tory prime ministers ago. So that's what it feels <laughs> like. And Christian asked him a question and he said, so what do you think about Twitter? Mm. And you think, oh, God, Twitter didn't exist yeah, yeah, yeah. really in 2010, or it was new and it was, and, and people were talking about it as, would you ever tweet? Mm. And, and David Cameron gave an answer which included a swear word, which got us on the news at Did 10. He? Yeah. Did he? I, I'll, I'll let you decide whether you keep it in. <laughs> uh, but he said, I'm not sure about Twitter. Too many tweets might make a twat. Oh. Too many tweets might make a twat. Okay. And and that caused a lot of upset. It caused a lot of Ofcom complaints, <laughs> but it did get us a lot of awareness. Yeah. So thank you, David. <laughs> it might be the only time I say thank you, David Cameron, but thank you, David Cameron. <laughs> Thinking about now, how much, you know, when you're talking to agencies and you're talking to clients, mm. how much do you trade off the legacy bit of it? And how much are you going, but here's the new exciting stuff that's coming? Because I guess there's a balance there, isn't there? Like, mm. if you work for a big social media platform, you don't have that legacy particularly. It's just all about the sort of the new and the shiny stuff. But for you, you don't want to forget about that. I mean, it's still incredibly important to the brand. I think radio remains the UK's most trusted medium. So I think when you're talking to agencies, you talk about the trust that people have in radio. You know, radio presenters are the original influencers. Mm -hmm. Going back to the 40s to the 60s and, you know, your Tony Blackburns through to your, your 70s, your 80s. Radio presenters have always been influencers. Yeah. John Peel is the ultimate music influencer mm -hmm. to many people. Yeah. And so you've got that kind of the trust, the companionship, the everyday, the being allowed into everyone's kitchens, homes, cars. And I think so you've got that legacy there. We've got the legacy of the Absolute Radio brand. Mm. But also, we've moved on as well. And you've got the fact of, you know, we are omnipresent across all platforms with innovation within smart speaker listening, within digital listening, within how we engage with the audience and the connections we have. Yeah. And, you know, the talent that always is coming through radio. And I don't just talk about Absolute when I say that. And you know, you look at how we can engage a social media audience and how we can deliver instant actions from our listeners yeah. for clients and brands yeah. and how we can quickly cause change and cause disruption. I'll give you an example that's not necessarily a commercial one, but happy to come back to commercial. When the London 2012 Olympics was happening, mm. We were doing a drive show from Hyde Park every day for the 27 days. And they were showing it on the screens and then the medalists would come down. And we got a call from the 2012 people saying, we're going to get Chris Hoy into Hyde Park at six o'clock. The problem is there's only about 4,000 people been going to Hyde Park. Right. What can you do? Can you help us? We can't have Chris Hoy turning up to a <laughs> half-empty park. Okay, great. So for... Three hours, we said, Chris Hoy's going to be in Hyde Park. You've got to go to Hyde Park. Say, go to Hyde Park. We got more than 60,000 people into Hyde Park from a standing start of mobilising that audience to go there. And I think that's the power of radio. Yeah. And I think, you know, radio on a commercial level, we've got the credibility and the statistics to back up the change that we can do. You mm -hmm. know, you look at Absolute has had a breakfast partner in Wix, you know, we've had 12 years, yeah. which is pretty unheard of, if I mean, we're it's honest. It's incredible. And even think about telly and you think about Coronation Street yeah. things, but probably when you eke into things like sport, it might be there. But I mean, 12 years is incredible. And they've been an amazing partner. Yeah. And they're there because of the relationship and the trust, but they're there because 
we deliver a return on that investment. Yeah. And we've consistently done that and continue to grow that ROI of every pound they spend with us, what that delivers back to them. Yeah. And I think, you know, that is a, a powerful piece of information and insight, which has helped us to continue to grow. Was there ever a point where, and you may say there never was, but was there ever a point when it was less about selling a radio station, more about this sort of multifaceted brand that could do lots of other things. You talked about smart speakers, you talked about digital presence, but there would have been a time where it was a, a radio channel that you kind of listened to. Was there ever that point in that transition in the 15 years where you thought, actually, it is that the cell is much, much bigger than this. It does start to spill into other things. I think we certainly started off as a, as a radio station, as the stations have grown around it, the spin-offs have grown, yeah. as we've got more into podcasting, as we've got more into video content, mm. as we've got more into ticketed events, then it does. But I think, you know, Clive, who was the original content director of Absolute Radio, wanted it to be a brand. Right. And yes, the, the brands did exist, but not quite as ambitious, as flexible, as dexterous as, as what he wanted Absolute mm. to be. And I think there was always that ambition. But in many respects, it took us the first five or six years to even just be established as a radio station yeah, yeah, yeah. before we could move on to that brand thing. Yeah. And actually, I think we are now recognised as being a brand. Let's talk a bit about the future. I mean, things like Smart Speaker, you were engaged earlier in the year, talk about Smart Speaker. How do you sort of wrestle with that stuff that's sort of very, very exciting, but perhaps isn't all worked out yet? I mean, we've got loads of things in digital advertising, whether it's VR, we're all wrestling mm. with what AI means, Smart Speaker. Agencies, clients excited by this stuff, they want to try it, there's value in it for them. I think absolutely. And lots of clients are coming to us saying, AI, We've heard about AI. We want to, we, it's a bit like when people used to shout social media. Or an Video. app. There's an app store. I need an app. Yeah, what can I make? Exactly. I think what people are trying to do at the moment, clients that I'm you know, engaged mm. with, is we want to be in this space, but we don't really know yeah, yeah. what it is. Yeah. Is the fundamental. Yeah. And we need to work out where it works in our world. And I think it can be as you know, as easy for people of trying to help them to understand that it's just dynamic advertising, ask your smart speaker yeah, to give yeah, you yeah. more, yeah. ask your smart speaker to do that. And I think that's the space of the journey that the bulk of the mainstream clients are at. And obviously you've got clients who are in super innovative yeah, and of course. are already further ahead than that, but go with the masses. Yeah. And actually that's that. And we've got some really good examples of, you know, book your test drive, all of those things and mm. using smart speaker technology to be able to do that. And for me, I think in a workshop yesterday with some colleagues, and you know, one of the questions was, where do you see AI? Is it a threat or is it an opportunity? I'm firmly in the opportunity. 100%. And I think, you know, smart speakers, are they a fad or are they the future of radio? I firmly believe they are far closer to the future of radio yeah, yeah. than anything else. And I think I'll give you two really kind of polar opposite case studies of that. My mum and dad are 83 and 81. They've just got their first Amazon Echo. <laughs> And actually, what it means is, as you know, they can talk to the Amazon Echo 
and they can get it to play whatever radio station mm. they want without getting up, scanning, tuning, arthritis, yeah. getting across rooms. <laughs> they talk to it. You know, it can also tell my mum when to take her tablets. Mm. You know, all of those, it can be a timer. My dad's just discovered Amazon Music and so now doesn't bother playing any of his CDs yeah. and all of those. But it's all being done through the smart speaker. But dad's listening to more radio now. Yeah, 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 yeah. With a smart speaker. And I think at the very other end of it, and obviously radio, like everybody else, has this kind of concern about youth audiences. But I think if you go below a youth audience right now, you talk to parents who say their kids who are between 7, 11, whatever, have got smart speakers in their rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, can we harness that audience to become radio fans, radio listeners. Yeah. The quicker we can get to smart speakers, a prevalence of smart speakers with screens, mm. then we're really starting to kind of, I think, be able to engage that youngest of audiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that, you know, with Absolute and with Bauer, just being able to get any station anywhere in your kitchen, in any room in your house, yeah. without having to go log in, website, apps, all of that stuff. I think the speed and ease of smart speakers for me is what's super exciting. Yeah. I used to have three radios in the house. I just now have three smart speakers yeah, in the yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. There's something magical. I remember when my wife's parents, exactly the same, the idea that you could put this thing in their room and it would just play mm. anything. And that the magic is in watching them trying to break it. Yeah. Oh, well, they won't know this Lionel Richie yeah. obscure B-side from whatever. Yeah. And they're doing it. And of course... You don't have to get them to read an instruction manual on how to mm. use it. It just plugs into it. So it's almost like all those barriers that have been there before in history when something new comes along. So, okay, you need loads of people to get these things. Mm. You need them to understand how to use them. It's like we've shortcutted all that. Yeah. They're in loads of homes. They're really easy to use. It's just really about behaviour now. Mm. And I love the point you make about the behaviour of younger people, Gen Z, etc. I mean, that's just second nature to them. They're mm. not going to know another way of listening. They're just mm. going to ask things for it. Yeah. So, yeah, none of those things seem to be like, you know, there's no big block. You don't look at it. It's like, oh, technology is tough to use or anything like that. It's the interesting thing of whether smart speakers in the way that we see a smart speaker now, if that's the future, we'll see. Mm. Voice is definitely the future and voice activated, whatever it may be, is absolutely going to be yeah. one of the quickest growth areas for everyone. Yeah. And again, and I think that all tips into the AI, the smart speaker conversations. Mm. And so I think everyone, you know, everyone needs to know about it. Yeah. And car, I mean, it's just changed yeah. the way I, I think about in car, an old day where you'd be trying to sort of do the dial mm -hmm. and drive to, to find the thing. I mean, it just feels so, so easy. I wonder if you feel like over that 15-year period as well, like your competitive set has changed a little bit. I guess at first you're in that bucket with radio and other radio stations mm -hmm. and other providers. And as you get bigger and as the brand becomes, sort of has more tentacles to it, I mean, you're in this big ocean of everyone in digital advertising, probably people that are in different audio, of course, you're in out, out of home as well. I wonder what that's meant for you and why you think some of these partnerships are so enduring. I mean, you mentioned Wix, Tesco is another yeah. one. Yeah, Sky is another one. There's yeah. something going on that they just, they've got more choice than ever, yet they keep coming back. And again, I think it is that, it's that thing of the ability to reach people whilst they're doing some, the ability to reach people at certain times of day, the ability to reach people wherever they are. And I think, you know, all of that comes true. The influencer, the repetition of message, all of those things will always keep radio very special. And mm. I think, you know, you do look at the fact of, you know, radio and commercial radio 
is in the rudest of health. Commercial radio, you know, is enjoying record ratings versus the BBC, and I'm not here to criticise the BBC at all. I think a strong BBC works for a strong yes. radio landscape. But actually, more people are talking about radio in many respects than, than they have in the past, mm. whether that's because of things like Ken Bruce leaving Radio 2 or the proliferation of brands and sub-brands and yeah. spin-offs and choice that we've got. But, you know, video didn't kill the radio star. Podcast didn't kill the radio star. You know, Spotify will not kill the radio star because people choose things for different reasons. Yeah. They want different things yeah. from whatever they go to, whether that's their phone, their radio, you know, their TV, their streaming. And yeah, we have to adapt. And of course, we have to maneuver. And yes, our competitive set is different to, to what it was. Yeah. But it, in the truest sense of the word, world that and word it's not really changed that much yeah you, you say you know you know none of these things take it i'm sort of reminded of the brian cox character in succession when he's like oh you know all these things are supposed to kind of get rid of me but i'm sort of still here doing what i was doing mm. yes you've got to adapt but there is something i think particularly in the world we're in now post-covid cost of living crisis i mean politically we're all a bit fragile some certainty mm. and a bit of a rock is kind of no bad thing. Radio, and this feels like the most difficult and awkward thing to say, <laughs> in many respects, radio benefited from the pandemic. I remember seeing some of the listening numbers. It's just incredible. Because, one, people were at home. Mm. They were working on their own for the people who were living on their own. Yeah. For the people who didn't have stuff to go to. And none of well, none of us had stuff to go to. Mm. And you looked at the change in shape of the audio listening day, but you saw that absolutely radio as an industry, as a media, just grew because we could be the background noise. And, yeah. and sometimes if you yeah. work in an office or you work in a factory or you work in a shop, there's one person gets to choose what that radio station is. And actually everyone could choose and everyone could move about and swap and have all of that taste. But I think the other thing that, you know, radio benefited from and, you know, TV struggled <laughs> because it was hard to make TV. Yeah. Repeat central, if I remember it. Yeah. And, and radio carried on, mm. absolutely carried on. For four months, absolute radio came from everybody's home. Every presenter was in their home yeah. doing their show, but we were still doing new stuff, interesting stuff. We were still generating content. But what we dialed up, certainly at Absolute during that time, was the warmth, the companionship, mm. the your friend stuff. Mm. Mm. And the legacy of that lives on today in terms of our own listening, our own streaming, how people consume us, the dexterity with which they're consuming us. And I think radio's renaissance during that period is something that we should celebrate. And what's been really interesting in the 15th birthday is that actually we never asked for people to wish us happy birthday. We never asked for their stories or their memories or whatever. I would say at least 25% of all the communications we got, and it's thousands, talked about during COVID, you really? were my friend. Really? Thank you for being there during yeah. COVID. Or, oh, yeah. I started listening during COVID. Mm. And actually, it was kind of like, we thought we were just getting by. We thought we were just literally getting by. Mm. But being live, being there, being entertaining, but being honest, mm. I think was that thing that, that people, and again, that will be the same whether you're 
Absolute Radio, Classic FM, Heart, yeah. Five Live, whatever you are. Six Music, I know, had a, gained a lot of traction during mm. that period as well. That actually, I don't think we realised the impact we were having as radio. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's an ick of mine when people say, you know, what's going to happen sort of in 10 years, so I'm going to make it worse by asking, next 15 years then, what's coming? And you look back at this sort of there's some lovely warm stuff from the last 15, but yeah, I mean, 15 year outlook, it seems bonkers. Can't even get my head around that. Well, absolute 80s is going to feel even older. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all it's, coming it's, back now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll probably be back around. I think nostalgia, uh, yeah. I think in 15 years' time, <laughs> you will be coming towards the real peak maybe towards the end of the peak of Naughty's nostalgia. Oh, superb. Cannot wait for that. 2008, when we launched, is going to feel like a long time ago (laughs) in 15 years' time. I think, you know, you'll have a whole new digital landscape, Mm. which I don't think any of us would have predicted. If I'd have sat here at the launch and talked about the first 15 years, we would never have talked about smart speakers. 100%. Anything like that. So I think there are so many unknowns. I think radio will continue to evolve, will continue to be omnipresent across all platforms Mm -hmm. and agnostic to whichever one we prefer. I think you will see, obviously, massive change in terms of cars and connected cars and the way people consume audio in cars. I think you will only continue to see a growth of video from audio, even if you think back now, so many podcasts. Yes, a huge trend. Visualised podcasts, and my social feed is full of video from audio podcasts. Yeah. So, you know, I'm served, I don't know why I'm served a lot of, uh, I do know exactly why, (laughs) I'm served a lot of help I sexted my boss. Right, yeah. Which is, you know, Jordan and William. Superb, And that's coming through on my feed. But you think of how that's changed, so the visualisation of audio will continue Mm. to be a thing. But personality, storytelling, companionship and music will still play at the heart. And I think the personalization of radio to make it fit for me will continue to grow. And also the dynamic nature of the advertising that we do, the personalization of the advertising will continue to really move forward. Yeah. To be able to deliver bespoke data-laden, waste-free campaigns yeah. for clients yeah, yeah. is the direction of travel for us all. And, you know, Cookie's going away next year. We're getting slightly naughty about it because it doesn't feel like it's top of the priority list. You don't have to worry about this sort of thing. I mean, context is going to be king again if it, as if it ever wasn't. Yeah. First-party data is a really important tick. I mean, yeah. this feels like sort of halcyon days are kind of coming. It's going to be an industry tying itself in knots about the loss of cookies, but not for you guys, which is good. I mean, absolutely. And I think it's, again, going back to the whole thing, the simplicity, Mm. the ease, the companionship, that's what radio delivers. And that ain't going to change. You think back to the first moments where people listened to radio or the first things that were carried on the radio. You look at, you know, back from, you know, the days of the King's Speech during the war. Yeah, yeah. That was such a momentous moment for radio. Yeah. And you think of the Churchill Address, you then think about all the things that have happened in the world since mm. that radio's been a part of. Whether, you know, and again, even up to the death of the Queen last year was a moment that those of us who've worked in radio, I've worked in radio for 25 years, and I'm not going to lie, 
the day actually happened, mm. which we'd all prepared for and worked for and all of those things. And I think radio's response to it was incredible. And I think, you know, you look at some of the stuff that BBC Radio 4 did, but also, you know, the LBC did, yeah. uh, but also then that some of the older, more music-related stations, whether that be Classic or Scala, you know, with that soundtracking of that whole process. Mm. And then stations like Absolute, being there, doing all of that respectfully, but then actually transitioning out of it sooner to provide the alternative yeah. for those who'd had enough. They'd had their 36 hours. Okay, I'm done now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want something else. And that's interesting. Whereas TV was very much still, Waterfall. here's a load of it. We were able to give some sense of context and normality. Mm. Three quickfire ones for mm. you to finish. Asking you to pick your favourite child, favourite show on Absolute. Oh, oh, I'm at least upset Okay, I'll make it easier. Frank Skinner or Matt Berry? Dave Berry. Oh! Who's Matt Berry? Matt Berry is the I mean, I mean, I mean Dave Berry, but yes. why have I said... Well, um, I'm not going to give you... I'm not going to choose between Frank and Freddie. Dave. What I will say is, I think Dave is the master of that breakfast show. He is a master of breakfast. Yeah, he's radio. outstanding. He is brilliant. He is consistent. And, you know, he came into Absolute Radio and when we brought him in 2018, the plan was always that Dave would be the next breakfast show host. Right, right. And, and it was about succession planning through and he took over breakfast sooner than we all imagined because Christine got the opportunity in of Australia. Course, yeah. And, you know, Dave has made that show his own. He's unique. It is so warm, so inclusive, so friendly, so funny. And so, you know, I'm very proud of our breakfast show. But I think, you know, Frank also is someone, Frank came in six months into Absolute. So Frank's been there 14, yeah, and, a, course, 14 yeah. and a half years. You know, and Frank is arguably, and it's all subjective, the godfather now of British comedy, a borderline national treasure. Mm. Frank does not need to do that radio show. No. Let's be honest. From every level, Frank does not need to do that radio show. And he's done it 47 weeks a year mm. for the last 14 years. He loves it. He hated being pre-recorded during COVID. He hated he? not being in the studio. He loves being there. He says he's more of himself when he's on the radio. Yeah. And I think, you know, for a commercial radio station to do a show like the Frank Skinner show at eight o'clock on a Saturday morning still stands out as being, you know, but Frank's got a million listeners a week with Incredible. across the radio audience and the podcast audience. Mm. And so it works. I, I love and adore Frank. Good. Good on the fence answer. Podcast recommendation. Oh, could be a bow one. Could uh, be another one. No, I'll give you. I'll give you one that is and one that isn't. I really enjoy where there's a world, there's a wake. Yeah, superb. With Catherine, it's just a good laugh out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure most people have by now. But if you've not listened to the Aid Edmondson Desert Island Discs, then that's something you should do. And I'll give you one of our own, and that is Tim's listening party, which is Tim Burgess. All oh, the Twitter stuff that he did. So he loved all those. The Twitter listening party yes. all happened, and Tim brought that to the radio this year. Amazing. We'll have done 20 episodes. The new season starts at the end of this month. And again, talking in seasons for a radio show, which on commercial <laughs> radio is unheard of, with some brilliant guests. But, you know, again, peer-to-peer, musician-to-musician, you get amazing stories. And again, from that series, the Susanna Hoffs from the Bangles and the Skin from Skunk and Nancy episodes are incredible. They did really niche ones as well. They did this brilliant Manchester artist called Liam Frost, and I remember that one in lockdown. Mm. It's an absolutely brilliant format. Last question, there's a commercial 
Radio has attracted some awesome stars. Who's on your sort of wish list? Who, who, if you could, could you get to Absolute? I think, again, if we're talking in the sphere of Absolute, mm. I think you'd love to have a weekly Noel Gallagher show or a Oof. weekly Liam Gallagher show. Yes. I mean, the Liam Gallagher one is going to be a hell of a show to edit. So I'd say that. But if you look at that, I'd love to have a weekly Dave Grohl radio show. Mm-hmm. It's really funny, you know, some people like Noel and Liam, people love them or they hate them. They're Marmite and that's fine. It's very hard to find a, a music fan who doesn't love Dave Grohl and <laughs> who really wouldn't true. want Dave Grohl to, to, really to do that. And I think from a slightly different world, I'd love to see as a way of working out what could a Peter K vehicle for a radio show be. Mm. Now, that's not necessarily Peter Kay hosting a radio show as Peter Kay. Is that character laden? How is that done? Is that a situation comedy? Is that scripted? How yeah, would that work? Yeah, it wouldn't need to be an Alan Partridge type thing. Yeah. It could be something it, else. It could be a million different things. Peter's obviously reinvented through everything from fits to car yeah. share to pop star, superstar, all of that kind of stuff. And actually, I think that, you know, he is one of the great talents that's not really done radio Mm. in any form. So I think that, you know, Peter would obviously be a big draw. I love it. Like you're thinking. It's been a wonderful, nostalgic trip down memory lane and a little nod to the future as well. Paul, thank you so much for giving us some time this afternoon. My pleasure. And happy birthday. Thank you. Paul Sylvester from Absolute there. He's seen it all at Absolute. He really has. And I love his answer on how absolute gets pitched today yes the legacy uh, the trust of radio is an absolute banker but there's lots in there about things like precision targeting through digital smart speakers voice and the like very enjoyable indeed and of course a very very happy birthday to absolute as well by the time we've launched this episode we'll be in the final week of digital upfront so you've got just about enough time to secure your spot at either podcast gaming retail media and or connected tv upfronts by going to ibuk.com forward slash upfronts and it's there that you can catch up on everything we've heard at the upfront so far with dedicated write-ups and all the photography from every single event for now though it's a big thanks to paul and thank you very much for listening iab uk building a sustainable future for digital advertising